Hello, Internet. Uh, this is Eric, and you are here for another episode of Fighting the Void. Today, uh, joining me is none other than Monique Ocampo and also Alyssa Watson, both from the Catholic Reads team that I am a part of. And today we're going to be discussing Infinity War. Uh, how awesome was it? How awesome wasn't it? Uh, how many people died? There's going to be spoilers. And also, more importantly, we're going to be getting into the themes behind it and the uh, motivations of everyone's giant purple people eater, uh, Thanos. And, uh, and for anyone who's interested, we are live right now. Uh, so if you want to go to uh, the YouTube channel, Fighting the Void, you can do that. You can comment in the section, in the uh, comments. And also, I'm going to be watching on Twitter and posting a link for that here in a moment. I should have done that earlier, but what can I say? This is, it seems like it's my first rodeo. It's really not. <laughs> All right. So um, with, with that um, overly wordy intro, uh, Monique, I know you had some thoughts that you wanted to share. Well, this is the first movie. Um, if you, if you haven't heard like your spoiler free podcast, this is the first movie since Les Miserables that made me cry. And I never cry at the movies. Like I can count on one hand the the no, the um, the movies that made me cry. Infinity War is now one of them. And I I think it I cried because like it feels like this is the culmination of ten years of Marvel. All these movies, all these stories, all these characters, and then we and you know I knew this movie was gonna be intense. I just I think I even had an out-of-body experience at one point where I felt like I was just sucked into the movie and then all of a sudden crashed back into my own body, like Doctor Strange. <laughs> I think that was just one of the effects of watching the movie in a theater, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's it, Seeing it on the big screen and everything, did you see it in IMAX? I'm curious. I think we might have. I, I think we might have. It wasn't Dolby. I know it wasn't 3D, but it was, I think, IMAX. Um, and I think it's just, I feel like they really carried the movie well. Like, they had so many storylines, but it all played. The, everyone had screen time, and everyone had, like, a moment or two. And some yeah. theories were confirmed, like the the Bucky Rocket interaction. Yeah, that that was script. <laughs> that was fantastic. I loved that. I have a feeling they read the fan fiction and check out the fan art and see and tell and ask themselves, how can we incorporate that into our movie? Like we knew, <laughs> we were everyone was expecting for Tony and I and and Doctor Strange to have some kind of interaction because they were both Sherlock, and we got that mm -hmm. in spades. We knew that like there was gonna be the Iron Spider because it was teased in Homecoming and we got that. We wanted to know how like they also even acknowledged the MCU in joke that Thor's Mr. Fan Service. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They like, did. Amongst all the Avengers and all the MCU characters, Thor is the number one hottest guy on in the MCU, if you ask the characters in the MCU. If you ask the MC fangirls, it's Bucky. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, but I, I also liked it for as a, you know, I, re I read some of these comics growing up, and uh, I liked that mm -hmm. I got my um, Scarlet Witch and um, Vision 
ship. I was glad that they they did that. Um, they are <laughs> the romance. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the ship, I, the, the thing I, not the ship, but the thing I want them to deliver on, they didn't deliver on, is I want um, an Iron Man and uh, Shuri team up. Shuri team up from a uh, Black Panther. Really? Black Panther. Maybe the next movie because they're kind of <laughs> shorthanded. Oh man, she'll just like walk circles around him and he'll love it. He'll, he'll, she, she's great. already running circles around Hulk. I mean, She's, she was already running circles around Banner, and I wish she had more screen time because she she's one of my favorite characters from Black Panther. And, you know, Letitia Wright IRL is a devout Christian, like has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ level Christian. Wow. Awesome. I, I even think I even have this theory that if she ever converted to Catholicism, she would go on the path of being a consecrated virgin. But that's just my bias. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now that's an interesting fan theory you will not hear anywhere else. I nope. promise you that. <laughs> this is what you get when you have a Catholic who's also a nerd. Yes. Our ships yes, go many directions. <laughs> and and um, but I think the reason why it was such an emotional thing is because you know we have we are Marvel made us invested in every one of these characters and made mm-hmm. us care to yeah. different extents to. Like even with even though there were some gaps in the story, like I wish there was more development on how Wanda and Vision kind of became a thing because they didn't they didn't show that in Civil War. Yeah. Well, no, no, they did. They they they've been hinting at. Yeah, it. but they were kind of on opposing sides in Civil War. Hold on. Yeah, but there was there was some there was some flirting. There was some connection going on. I know. There I was guess definitely we can, some connection going on, and clearly things smart, have progressed. I guess they are assuming that the viewers are smart enough to put the pieces together themselves. Yeah, because well, like well, one other that was mostly there for people who read the comics, and and, and another thing I loved is this this emotional reaction you guys are having to this this is why people read the comic books okay this, this is the emotional gut punching thing that they can do to you when you're reading the series over several volumes um, and yeah. i didn't think that film could capture that but they did i didn't think that the writers had balls to capture that so this is what an event comic feels like this is what an event feel- comic feels like yeah, it, it really it really is. And, and you know, I, I read all of these. I read all of these growing up. I read these when they were actually coming out on the shelves. I'm That's not, how old I am. <laughs> and I'm like a very minimal comic fan at best. Like I've only watched like Slink Hara sometimes and you know, Blockbuster Buster comments on how accurate movies are with the comics. And that's about it for me. Other than checking them out at the library sometimes. But sorry, I have a uh, ad that's playing on a pop up right now. Uh, yeah. Fun uh, fact, by the way. When I little... used to... Fun fact, by the way. When I used to live in New Jersey, I I used to live in Red Bank, and I actually lived near Jay and Silent Bob's comic store. Nice. I actually oh, cool. visited that store before it became the set of comic book men, and I didn't even know where I was. I was just a kid. That's awesome. <laughs> So Eric, we've been talking a lot. What did you think? I thought it was really good. I um I went into it with very 
I, I wouldn't say low expectations. I went when it went to it with few expectations, just because I avoided as many spoilers as I possibly could going into this thing. All I did was watch trailers. I didn't even watch like all the additional clips that they always throw out there uh, to where you can actually expect to see half the movie before the movie even comes out. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I thought just from start to finish, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is it a standalone movie? No, uh, nope. there is no way. If you have never watched a Marvel movie before, you just wa walk in and have no idea what's going on. Who are these people? Why should I care about them? It does presume that you are already invested in the Marvel Universe. You don't necessarily have to have seen every movie, but you have to have seen at least one movie with all of the major players at some mm -hmm. point. Which up means, like, I'm counting right now. Let's see. One, two, three. Like, at least ten. Yeah. Yeah, you have to at least seen. Well, uh, I, I would say, uh, at a at a guess, absolutely necessary movies to see: Iron Man, Thor Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, uh, the first Avengers, Civil um, War, Civil Civil War, and other than uh, Avengers two because of Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, other than uh, that, I, know, I don't think there's uh, any like absolutely you have to have seen it movies. Um, can you give yeah, me like five minutes? I just five to ten minutes. Okay. Um, so, so, um, I can I get my spoiler comment now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so um, here's, yeah, you've here's got to go in a couple minutes. Because this is all spoiler. Okay. Well, one Thanos is he like the Thanos Gamora thing? I think that like some people are complaining that it promoted like abusive you know, stuff, but here's why I think he got the soul stone. As long as the, the, that, that whatever, that pit that created the soul stone, well, as it's kind of like a power of belief thing, Thanos believed in his delusional mind that he did love Gamora. And as long as the, he believed it, then the pit or the, whatever the forge thing that created the soul stone believed it, it, clutched onto his belief even though we know we think it's abusive he doesn't see it that way he doesn't believe it in his heart that he was ever abusive towards Gamora so you know that was my perspective on that two Star-Lord is getting way too much hate than he deserves yes he made an awful awful mistake during the the fight with Thanos on Titan but he He's not exactly known for being the brightest crayon in the box. He was, <laughs> hold on, I gotta close the door. He was like always, he, he's not exactly known for thinking things through. He's impulsive. It's within his character to kind of be a bit of an idiot. And yeah, I, I, I thought that we needed, like, emotionally, as a, an audience member, I needed somebody to freak out about Gamora's death. That was, that was rough. That was really rough. And, um, I think any, I don't think, considering what he's been through from the second Guardians movie, he's lost a lot of people already, as much as Thor did. And well, he wasn't thinking clearly and he reacted in a visceral way, and everyone was trying to stop him because even Tony knew what that felt. But like, when you're in one of those like, fight or flight impulse moments when you're that angry you are not thinking clearly you can only see that yeah. anger yeah 
As for whether so, or not uh, Thanos really loved Gamora, what do you think, Eric? I think he did. I think, see, there's different... This, it wasn't a selfless actually, love, This though. actually, I think, yeah, is where... Um, I, I think this is where a... Um, where, fr frankly, having a little bit of Catholic theology and spirituality actually really does come in and help interpret this. I think there are a lot... I think there are different levels of love. And I think Thanos loved Gamora as much as he was capable of loving anyone. Now, it, it, he's he's still, he's so deluded in everything. He's not, it's not a selfless love. The, the agape does not come into this at all. Nope. <laughs> Let's be clear on that. Um, he only loves anything really insofar as it serves his ends. Gamora was the closest thing in his life that actually transcended that. Maybe even oh, like was was actually almost equal to his to his end of killing half the universe to save the universe. We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, uh, well, but I, I was really so, so, yeah. I think he loved her, but it wasn't a great love. It was just the greatest he's capable of. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I think it was really moving though that um, he certainly respected her. Uh, when he didn't respect anyone else, like that's um, that's pretty impressive as far as Gamora is concerned. But yeah, no, the people can be abusive and and jerks and and still care for other people. That's the that's the scary thing, and that's the thing that gives uh, abusive people a lot of power. You know, if when someone does care about you but they're abusive, they're harder to to leave. Um, mm -hmm. which is why you have that whole abuse cycle. If, if people were just straight abusive, you wouldn't have um, so many instances of people getting caught in abuse cycles as, as we do. Yeah, I mean, it's called yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. Guys, like, I'll be back if you guys go on, depending on how long you guys go. I think the next thing you need to talk about is that whole um, trolley question. I think that's what they call it. Like, say kill one life to save a thousand thing. Oh, that thing. And I would like you to, Alyssa, um, yes. when I don't, wait until I come back because I have to ask you about that whole Margaret Sanger thing, okay? Okay, cool. I'll be back. All right. Okay, Alyssa, why do you have a sword? Why don't I have a sword? <laughs> I guess when you put it that way, I have no answers. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you just randomly be holding a katana? <laughs> okay, see, this, we're, we're just checking all the nerd boxes today, aren't we? <laughs> yep, yep. I've got a little terrarium with the um, Yoda lifting Karimo, uh, Marimo balls, too. Doing oh horse lifting. So, wait, hold on, you can't see him. No, the glare from the screen is kind of getting in the way. Uh, there, sorry. But okay, so um, see, I don't know that we could actually get into uh, the the trolley question without talking about the Sanger thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we I, can. I, I think that's impossible. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so real, real, real quick, I want to just just a couple other impressions of the movie. I loved, um, I loved Thor coming in at the end uh, and being just coming in like 
everyone's like, uh, Banner's like, ah, you guys are screwed now. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was and he just comes and just lays waste to everything. I'm like, yeah. There's there's my god of thunder. Yeah, the war wasn't a character that honestly I did not like his first few movies, and I found him kind of boring. Yeah, yeah uh, he was, he was the whole thing was me. Yeah, but I I loved Thor Ragnarok. I felt like we really got some good character development there, and I loved Thor in this film. Um, like that moment where he breaks down and uh, is like crying. Gosh. Ah. Oh, ah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know. You're, you're swooning. I get it. <laughs> the, uh, big, the, big, the big manly man being vulnerable for a moment well, there. As long as it's only a moment. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm less on that train than most people. I, I have a, a bias against blondes. I don't know why. I guess <laughs> well, he cut good. pretty much all of it off, so you're good, right? Yeah, right. It was a huge improvement. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, the one one quibble I would have is I don't quite understand why uh, Thor chucking Stormbreaker mm -hmm. was able to overpower the Infinity Gauntlet so easily. I, um, I, I was like, eh, that seems a stretch to me. It's like, okay, I get it. It can kill Thanos. That's fine. But Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet? I mean, uh, he could have just snapped his fingers and said, oh, well, the hammer's not even a thing anymore. <laughs> I think we are at the limits of my comic book knowledge. I know just enough to know that there is something... Because I, I read more of the Civil War events. Uh, I didn't read a whole lot of the Infinity War events. Well, but I think there is something yeah. that they're hinting um, mm -hmm. involving Stormbreaker that happened in the comics. And I think that was something that was mm -hmm. in there. For the people no, um, it, it, the Stormbreaker didn't even exist with the Infinity War comics. Oh. The, the, the Infinity Gauntlet comics and everything, the, the movie is it's inspired by oh. the Infinity Gauntlet story but it's it's vastly different oh yeah of course vastly, they, so so different it's not even but, um but they still do nods to the original yeah, story. oh yeah yeah um but like stormbreaker i think was actually his hammer in the ultimate universe oh. I, I the design was certainly based on that hammer but again the thor lore in general i'm not a hundred percent up on but that that's what i think i'd have to check it out to be sure yeah, but now I think, um, but you know, it, it just seemed it just well, seemed too easy. This is the limits of the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, it's only as powerful as you, the finite, non-omnipotent user, mm -hmm. has. So if he doesn't see the hammer coming at him, he can't poof it out of existence. Well, but he did see the hammer coming at him. That's the thing. He blasted it. Remember, oh. and, and, and it just and it just plowed right through the right through the blast. So then we're we're in the realm of hubris. Yeah, I, honestly, I think it's. I think they just were like, well, we've got to take him out somehow, and if we really need to, we'll retcon. <laughs> we'll we'll retcon an answer to that question if anybody's got it. I think that's the real answer. Uh, yeah. You, I have a little bit of a, I have a little bit of a theory that they could use to retcon it, and that would be the, um, 
I think either Loki did something to the space stone mm. or uh, or Strange did and or Strange did something to the time stone. I think it's incredibly unlikely that they both just turned them over without messing with them in some way, shape, or form. I don't I don't think they can mess with them. Those are really powerful magical objects. They could do some see in the comics, uh, if I remember correctly, one of the stones was a fake. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Also and um, also in the comics, um, now they can't do it this way mm-hmm. because of the way they've changed it for the movie. In the comics, what happens is Thanos literally becomes the physical embodiment of the universe, uh, which means he now exists outside of his body, which means now his body is just sitting there without sitting there holding the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then Nebula walks up, takes it, <laughs> puts it on her hand, and I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> and then, but he's so still. I, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> yeah, he. But but yeah, that's way too trippy. I think for. Oh yeah, yeah. There, oh, they would have to have stuff. to hand out psychotropic drugs at the theater for people to buy into this, <laughs> and that's that's not likely. Well, I mean, was he dead after that, or did he just exist above it all and sort of? He just existed above it all because in the Marvel comic universe, there is this, a being called Eternity, which is the physical embodiment of, of the universe. Hmm. Um, so it, it's yeah. Once you get into the cosmic stuff with any comic book universe, it gets weird. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> but you know, like in the DC comic universe, Spectre is the the physical manifestation of the wrath of God. Like no, like no joke. Yeah, <laughs> he's essentially the angel of death. <laughs> um, hmm. but it's got to be somebody's you know, job. I guess so. Getting back, of course, to Infinity War, though, uh, I, I think I think that's how they're going to wind up beating him in the end, is because there are these alterations to the stones in some way. And as far as them being able to mess with it, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch did manage to destroy the Mind Stone. She did. So but that's Scarlet Witch. She so is. clearly, but clearly, they can be messed with, and. You know, yeah, but that's the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but it's also Doctor Strange, who by himself was able to hold his own against Thanos. With... He's also overpowered. He, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Th- Th- Strange is way overpowered. He was able to hold his own solo against Thanos for a little while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That might be it. Um, what do you think about the theory that they will convert Thanos, that he will actually be brought to some sort of remorse? The only one they can do that is Gamora. If that happens, it will be because Gamora, who I suspect her soul is essentially still preserved within the soul stone. I think it was, I don't think he was just having uh, like a little dream at the end when he saw little Gamora. I think he was having a vision uh, induced by the soul stone. Well, I think, I think that, I think that was Gamora. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, they never explained what the Soul Stone does. That bothered me. Nope, they sure don't, yeah. do they? <laughs> the Time Stone controls time, the Space Stone controls space, and the Soul Stone is yellow. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and also, you know, the reality stone controls reality. What exactly does that mean? I mean, really, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't I mean, clearly it, it's like, okay, this is real and this isn't, I guess. But, but then what does the space stone actually do? <laughs> um, I I wish I could remember the uh, original because I think one of those is actually actually changed. Actually, is not one of the original Infinity Gems. Oh. I think, but I would I would I would need to look that look that up to be sure. Um, but in any case, I think that's my, my theory. Is that's how they're going to wind up beating him. Is the stones are modified in some way, shape, or form, and thus give them. And in a, a, a way, something that they can exploit, and of course, Gamora could wind up having some influence there. So de definitely, Gamora. I'm ninety percent sure she's not going to stay dead. That I think she. Nice. But it would be very sad because then we'd have a Romeo Juliet situation where we saw him grief her, and but now we're going to get the bicep. Oh bicep. yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> Guardians of the Galaxy three is already planned. That's already coming out. Um, when is that coming out? Goodness, I'm not sure no, exactly. After the yeah, it after the next Infinity War. I mean, after oh. the next Avengers movie, the okay. as yet unnamed Avengers Four, okay, which comes out um, next year, mm -hmm. incidentally. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, less than a year from now. Yeah, you know, when I was watching Infinity War, there's a family sitting in front of me, and when mm -hmm. the credits rolled, this ten year old boy stood up and went, "What? Can they do that?" <laughs> Yes, they can, but not for real, because let's be honest, they're not literally killing half their franchise. No, 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 no. no. I mean, come on. Do we really? We're not going to have another Spider-Man reboot. Give I, me a break. I, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I was such a fan of all the side characters in Black Panther. Uh -huh. I could do a Black Panther movie without Black Panther. I mean, I don't want him to be gone for any longer than a movie at all. Right. But it would be really cool to see them grapple with that political vacuum again. You could see sure or something become Black Panther or somebody in there. Yeah, someone's got to step in, uh, and there, and you know, Shuri in, in the comics was uh, was Black Panther for a while. Um, but I don't see her. What I like about her is um, I don't see her being content as Black Panther. Right now, uh, but she there's. <laughs> there, um, oh, I lost my there, there's, there's two things I wanted to, I, I wanted to mention. Then I want to really get into a Thanos and his motivations. Okay. Um, one is I was, I was convinced going into the movie that Captain America died, because everybody's like, oh, and, and I kept seeing some, you know, something, something's die, spoiler, and to be a picture of Captain America. Yeah, or, and everybody's talking about. For some reason, everybody's talking about. Well, you know, Buck, you know about Bucky. Bucky should become Captain America, right? Like, well, clearly there's a hold of all there. So, dang, that part's ruined for me. No, no, Captain America lives. The one thing well, I was sure was going to happen didn't. Well, the thing is that Captain America died in Civil War in the comics. Right, um, right, right. And I'm actually a little disappointed that they didn't go with that. Like, I guess just from event comics perspective i'm a big i'm a big fan of civil war over mm -hmm. infinity war so i'm a little disappointed yeah. i think a lot of people were that they didn't end up doing this but 
I can understand why they did it because the Civil War comics didn't bring as many uh, wide-reaching effects to these specific characters that they have built up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, goodness, I forgot what the uh, other thing was that I wanted to bring up. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, right at the end, when, uh, when after Fury uh, literally flakes out, mm -hmm. uh, you see his little fancy-schmancy pager thing. Yeah. Okay, do you know what the symbol was that he saw? That's Captain Marvel. There it is. All right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you are a good nerd. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm a yep. little disappointed they didn't do Kamala Khan, but I understand why. If they're not doing Mike Morales, they're not doing Kamala Khan. Um, Miles. Miles Morales. Miles, sorry. I read that one. <laughs> okay, but, you know, yeah, I mean, especially if you're looking for something that's actually going to be helpful with Thanos. Yeah. I don't think I can make my fist big is going to be a huge help with Thanos. To be honest. That's <laughs> There's true. There's a reason I Hawkeye like wasn't Kamala's there. character more, more than that. What's but that? yeah. But I, I like Kamar Kamala's character, but you're right. Um, yeah. yeah she's... Captain Marvel's going to be a lot more helpful. Yes, and we get yeah. a lady fight, fighter pilot story. Yep. Exactly. Uh, uh, it will redeem the uh, Green Lantern plotline. Oh dear! Oh dear! Did, 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 let, let's not let's not go down that that rabbit hole. Sorry. <laughs> no, the pilots around the world will be redeemed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now see now that little tease, that little tease, that little, that little hint of Captain Marvel's coming, and that clearly she's a big deal. Because mm -hmm. granted, Fury doesn't know what really he doesn't really know what's going on yet. He just knows it's big. So well, the first thing he does to call in some big backup, he calls Captain Marvel. Now, I they this was the perfect way to make me excited about the Captain Marvel movie. Because at this point, it's hard to get me excited for a movie, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they threw threw her out as a teaser in that way, I was like, okay. I'm in. Yep, yep. I'm in. Uh, really we're so well trained. Gosh. I know we are. It's, it's like yes, Pavlov. Please ring the bell, and I will slobber. And mm -hmm. it works. I admit it. Okay. <laughs> um. So I now, have a question. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. In the Guardians, I forget which Guardians movie. No, it was the second Guardians. They gave a little teaser about Adam Warlock. Mm, um, oh, he's a coming. You think so? I don't know. It's been a while, and they haven't made any other references, and I think bringing him back just randomly into... Well, there's no other place to make a reference to him other than Infinity War would have been appropriate, because there's no other there's no other cosmic uh, there's no other cosmic movies out there mm -hmm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. So there will not be another reference to him until possibly the next Avengers, but I don't think so. I think we're going to wait till Guardians 3. Oh, so you don't think he's going to show up for Infinity War? I don't. Okay. I could be wrong. I will happily be. I will happily be proven wrong. But because I would love that, but I don't think so. I got to think that we're going to get to know him some yeah. other way first. But then again, you never know. It's there's theories out there that uh, Nova is actually going to enter the MCU, and. You know, we may get introduced to a whole new cast of cosmic characters via the Captain Marvel movie. Now, it won't be Warlock because the Captain Marvel movie takes place in the 80s. 
So we're not gonna we won't be meeting Warlock in that movie. But I mean, will it? They won't set it in the current times. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that that's already known that the Captain. Oh, Marvel that movie they're is, setting it in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's already established. Eighties superhero film, yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Yes, can just imagine that? You know, you know, because she's a she starts out as a fighter pilot. There mm -hmm. is going to be some Kenny Loggins playing in the background somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that little Easter egg is going to be out there for people who still remember Tom Cruise and Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hoping he shows up and she gets to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, that it's alone really would be... It's not going to happen, but you know. That by itself would be worth the uh, price of admission. Right? I completely agree. Okay, so before, uh, before we go down any other... Uh, rabbit holes. Let's talk about the thing that uh, not many other people are going to be talking about with the movie. Yep. yep. What's going on with Thanos' motivations? Now, you uh, you brought this up as something you want to talk about, so I will give the floor to you. Okay, so I, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and specifically Golden Age 1950s, uh, 40s sci-fi. Um, and I actually, and, and even with modern stuff today, I find this theory come up more than once of, um, uh, you know, that the world, the universe would be better off with less human beings, with less, I guess, in the Marvel universe, uh, sentient beings. Mm -hmm. um, and they take it seriously. It's like presented as this serious moral issue. Uh, I think even one of the Dan Brown uh, books made a big deal about um, you know the main character having to choose whether or not to pull a Thanos, and and he him treating it like it was very difficult to make this choice uh, and not black and white at all. Um, and even recently, um, I haven't seen the movie, but I read the books um, Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Okay. Um, it's essentially it's a creepy think um what's that crap what's that um alien tv show where they're always hunting aliens and they never catch them and it completely flew out of my head i have no idea Mulder and scully oh x-files x-files sorry all right so like uh it's kind of like this x x-files style invasion of this area called area x and they don't know uh, what it is or how to stop it. It's just very slowly taking over things and people. And um, and the main character in the book is like, I just don't think that I have a right to stop it because it's making this pristine uh, wilderness. And, uh, and what right do human beings have to fight for the survival of their species over and the, any others as like, Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Humans are literally the only species that ever asked themselves that question. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, nobody else has a, this problem. <laughs> exactly. So if we're going to take wisdom from nature, maybe we should look at what nature's doing. Um, but yeah, so I, I found this film incredibly pro-life and it was almost like a stick it to you, uh, narrative in that okay fine you think the world would be better with uh half its population here you go how do you feel do you feel better <laughs> they died painlessly just puffs of smoke right. doesn't that make it so much better yeah there's no there's no 
pain. There's no suffering involved, except for you know all the people who left who watched her, who watched her friends and family like just disappear in front of them. Yeah, Other than I, that, and I like that they showed this some of the beginning of the societal ramifications of like you know uh, your king is gone of an entire country. Right. Uh, you're going to have other world leaders that are missing. So you're going to have chaos from that. You're going to have, um, you know, just like people to people, you know, cars were crashing because the people were disappearing infrastructure. There's our infrastructure is built for, um, you know, roughly the people that we have, and that's going to crash if you don't have that, that people to run it. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not to not to mention the economic consequences and everything. It's a lot of people don't realize pretty much our entire economy is based on the fact that there will be ever ever more people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how economic growth happens. It's yeah. because the next generation is bigger than the one that came before it, and thus the generation that came before it has jobs to make stuff for those people. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, you're going to have growing pains if you have a huge population boom like we did recently, and you're going to have growing pains if you have a a huge shrink. You don't want, I I can understand not striving for a huge growth spurt, but that doesn't mean you should cut the population off at the knees. Right. But now, what about the, 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 what about though, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. What about the what about the actual morality of uh, of his argument, though? The argument that, well, you know, granted, we're talking on the scale of the universe here, but presumably the universe is finite. Therefore, resources in the universe would be finite, and uh, fewer beings using such resources equals, uh, you know, means that there'll be more resources for people for longer, at least. Are you guys talking about the creation versus destruction? Um, Yeah, we are. are. Um, So that's uh, that's even more silly in the Marvel Universe, because in the Marvel Universe, they have multiple dimensions. They have people constantly discovering new inventions that allow them to go to new areas. Mm -hmm. Um, They have they have all these this magic and science uh, devoted to coming up with new ways and new res- to use the resources we have and new resources to use. I mean, Wakanda itself running on an entirely non-oil um, economy uh, yeah. is yeah. it's, it's its own uh, F you to this whole idea. <laughs> I know. Well, well, have you ever heard the trolls read Richard's Richard Useless? Uh, Wait. Let me, let me, let me make your echoing a lot. Crap. Crap. How do I... Um, how do I... Like step back a little bit from the speaker. Oh, um, that might help. Yeah, is that better? It's a little better. Sorry. Um. Okay. So, um, it wasn't echoing before. Um. Okay. So, have you ever heard of the trope "read Richards is useless"? No. It just basically means um, people who, in like a comic book universe, who have the power to potentially like change the world don't for some reason or another like comic book logic right, right. like it's like reed richards um i guess the trope is there because like um is named such because like reed richards is a scientist and whatever the fantastic four can do you know could potentially help the world in some way but 
like right. beyond just you know fighting villains and stuff right he's like the smartest person and he's like the smartest person on the planet why the heck hasn't he come up with a cure for cancer exactly kind of like that whatever um so now here's my question for you Alyssa. how is thanos like margaret sanger uh population control will make the world a better place uh, now, there's uh not I, to actually, delusions of grandeur yeah yeah there's that now I, i'm actually going to push back just a touch on the sanger comparison yeah because sanger was all about the eugenics aspect of it yeah you want she was targeting uh specific people yeah specific people that she just de- that she decided were undesirables yes. uh, a lot of people actually the more politically astute out there may be aware that she was specifically targeting uh, Jews and blacks with where she located her clinics and everything. Uh, yep. she, was all, she was also specifically targeting Catholics. Most That part doesn't usually come up. I, <laughs> we, I'm we not were, surprised. We were in the list of undesirables that she did not want around. And I have never, other than another, I, I've never seen a secular commenter, even if they're disagreeing with Singer, bring that part up. I find that very interesting to yeah you do realize that anti-catholicism is like not is like the last acceptable prejudice now and i've read that book <laughs> and also like um with sanger um i'm not surprised honestly she should just put on a swastika and say hail hydra <laughs> nice now the reason now the reason i push back on that is because again sanger was all uh, you eugenics all like if we get rid of these people then we won't have poverty we won't have yeah. retardation the, defer- the, modern, all of this. the modern version of that is right. against the human race right right yes and then Thanos was they made an explicit point in the film of saying it'd be completely random rich mm-hmm. poor sick whatever just mm-hmm. totally random chance who gets eliminated mm-hmm. okay so I guess, I, like I guess the- Thanos is egalitarian it's not it's like egalitarian in the strictest sense of the word and i like oh i really wish thor chopped his arm off but like thor hasn't exactly had any training in axes okay he (laughs) always goes for the i knew that he would go for the chest instead of the shoulder because you know he's used to that's what he's used to Mm mm-hmm yeah. But points to points to like Thor for like basically forging his own weapon and and oh my god Peter Dinklage I did not expect him in this movie <laughs> yeah, especially since he was a giant dwarf that I, I laughed <laughs> I love I'm pretty sure that is going to be a hilarious thing to Game of Thrones fans but for me I'm like it I feel like that's like I. I don't want to make a politically incorrect joke, but it's like you realize where you are, right? <laughs> I know, okay. but like, I wonder if Peter Dinklage is thinking now. For once, I can look down on everyone else. I'm sure. Okay. I think that's a joke he could now, make. Now, I I titled this episode "Malthus Invades the Marvel Universe," and the reason Gosh. is because the origin of Thanos' philosophy is Thomas Malthus, who mm-hmm. was an English cleric back in the oh goodness what was it ah uh, yes the um the the late 18th early 19th centuries who basically looked at everything and said you know what when finite planet finite resources eventually 
we're going to run out. It's going to be horrible for everybody. So let's just, you know, do engage in positive measures <laughs> to uh, control the population. I think to, um, Wisecrack actually talked about that. Mm -hmm. Do you follow Wisecrack on YouTube? No, I do not. They're, uh, they're a channel that, um, they're a YouTube channel that um, examines uh, movies um, for and other media for philosophy. I oh, see. I would like them. Yeah, and other stuff. Very, but they mentioned secular. that. Yeah. Um, They're very secular, though, too. Yeah. And they didn't like The Last Jedi, which I kind They didn't like The Last Jedi, so that's kind of a point against their credibility. <laughs> that's going to depend on who you ask. <laughs> nope, shut I know, I know, but I'm. I don't That's care that I'm in the minority. I'm, I'm right with you, Monique. <laughs> but now, uh, now, of course, you know Thanos. He's got this idea. He he saw a problem on his homeworld, Titan. That that hey, you know, we're running out of stuff. It's a problem. Now, what he does is he comes up with the simplest possible solution. It's not a brilliant solution. It's not a it's not a solution that actually solves anything. We just lost Alyssa. Alyssa fell out. I hope I, I hope he she'll come back. <laughs> um, but you're gonna anyway, hear me saying, by the way, that? shrimp puffs. If you hear me saying shrimp puffs, don't be surprised. That's my way of saying other words. Ah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> now, he he can't, he didn't come up with a brilliant solution. He came up with the simplest solution. He came up with a solution that uh, a ten. That, that that a reasonably intelligent uh, 10 year old could come up with oh there's only so much stuff to go around for so many people well let's just have fewer people if i can't have more stuff we'll have fewer people this is not brilliance this is highly simplistic this is sophomoric logic at best and it's been it's proven razor. yeah well it's 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 way more simplistic than than Occam's razor it's it, it's like I said, it's infantile, really. Because well, what do you expect from him? Right. Well, there's that. But and the reason I can the reason I can say that with confidence is that Malthus has been proven wrong. We have far more people than he ever expected. We have far more food than he ever expected, and we actually have far less poverty than as than he ever expected. The amount of the amount of people on the, the planet, the amount of food available have gone up dramatically, and the amount of poverty since he was around has gone down dramatically. Yeah. So if anything, his, the birth rate is still going down. Like even with our population increasing, the birth rate is still going down. Now, see that that's a that's a set that's a separate argument, and I actually I don't that that I think that needs to be approached on a whole different angle. And frankly, that, that's probably a subject for for a different episode again because frankly Sorry. saying that fr frankly saying that but the but the population rate is going down is kind of a backhanded compliment to them saying that you know your efforts are working <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like I'm like <laughs> a lot. Don't I'm worry, a lot of yeah. a lot of people don't realize that when they start throwing that out there, like um, that's you're not you're not actually helping <laughs> when you point that out. It's a true fact. No, but, but it's kind of the point. But yeah, it's, it's, it's beside, like, the, the point is the the point is that we have more people and we have more food and we have less po poverty. We have actually become 
much more intelligent about how to use the resources that we are given. And that's no, shown all so over the place. So the examples of that, examples of that abound once you actually start to look at things. Um, you know, it's been a long time since the river in Cleveland caught on fire. We managed to clean that up. Uh, mm -hmm. A, a good part of a yeah. good part of the Chicago coastline along Lake Michigan is actually built on. It's actually built on a garbage dump. Wow! I I, I learned this a few years ago when I was on a when I was on a bus tour in Chicago, and they used to in the early days of the city, they just dumped everything either into the river, or just on the beach. Oh God! Became putrid and horrible and disgusting. Yeah, the. Uh, they actually reviewed the Army Corps of Engineers. It got so bad, the Army Corps of Engineers actually came in, reversed the flow of the river, and sent it all down to St. Louis. <laughs> Grief. <laughs> Oops. Um, sorry about that. My point is, and, and, then, and, and then I'll shut up for a moment, is mm -hmm. that we, actually, we have intellect. We have the ability to come up with better solutions than... You know what? You, you're out of here. And what I always say to people who advocate for population control, human extinction, whatever is, you know what? You first. <laughs> Lead by well, example. By all means, I have some traffic right outside. Yeah. You know what I want to see from the sequel is, I want to see the actual ramifications of this um, population loss. I want to spend some time with each of the characters and how it affects. It personally affects them, not just in who they lost personally, but what yeah. it's doing to the world, the universe. I think um, that would be great. However long it lasts, you know. Forget about the implications of it. Um, I remember I was talking with a friend about uh, Ender's, uh, one of the books in the Ender's Game uh, verse, The Speaker for the Dead. Mm -hmm. um, this involves a bit, uh, a bit of a spoiler, but I'll avoid other extraneous things um one of the characters it's a really small space colony like maybe 300 people one of the characters um, Alyssa, we can't see you oh you can't see me no can you see her yep oh, oh. never mind it might be um, me then all right but one of the characters finds out that the girl he's been dating and wants to marry is actually his half sister oh and well, that's a problem yeah, it was a problem, and they they stop. They don't they don't go any further than that. It doesn't get weird or anything. But um, you know, I was talking with a friend about that, and she was like, "Yeah, it's so weird. Like, why why do you put that in there?" I was like, "But because it's something that people have to face." Like, I and she was a very secular person. I was like, "Look, despite regardless of how you feel about rules about sexual mores, they do have functional reasons for existing. The reason why he was dating his sister unbeknownst to him is because." Uh, one of his parents slept with someone they weren't married with. That rule was there to, you know, knowing who's sleeping with who is really important if you don't want to date your sister on accident. Tell <laughs> <laughs> that to Luke and Leia. That doesn't come up a lot nowadays because we live in high population. We have a high population um, right. and we have a lot huge cities. Uh, so running into uh, diverse people and finding diverse uh Partners is not a problem, but when your population is small, it it is a problem, and it you have to deal with it some way. <laughs> yeah, mm. huh? I yeah, I hadn't really uh, thought about it from that particular angle, but yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> I did. I. 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 I wanted to talk about the singer at the Civil War. I want to see, like, if there's anything I want from the sequel. Like, I want to see how Rocket deals with all that loss. Like, he's lost oh, everyone. Yeah. yeah, there's nobody left. Including in verse that kills me. Maybe. I kind of feel sorry for him because he won't even have any emotional consolation from Mantis, who, by the way, was awesome in this movie. Yes, He's my spirit was. animal. Yep. I thought she was uh, um, pretty impressive. I, I especially I like, like her mean face. Her mean, mean face was great. I didn't see her mean face. What did it look like? I need it, to know because I'm going it, to comic. It, it, it was to show just, me because. I almost missed it. I almost missed it. It was just, you know, when at the beginning when Star Lord's like, okay, everybody put on their mean faces. You actually see her in the background going, oh. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't like have to remember that because I'm cosplaying her for Comic Palooza. And I and in case someone asks me to put on my best mean face as Mantis. Yes. I, so you've got to go you've got to go see the movie again. Uh, no, I don't want to go see the movie again. I like it's bad enough that I cried, but like there were people in the back who were laughing at the end, and I don't know why. I think they were laughing at me. That's possible. <laughs> I cried, and I was, and I was I'm laughing pretty sure they ten-year-olds in front of me were just so emotionally wrecked, and I was happy for them. Weirdly, enough. why? Like I felt like oh, it felt like watching a kid getting to see Star Wars for the first time. They're yeah. getting initiated into the um, comic book drama. Oh yeah, the whole yeah. It, yeah. it's it's like well, they're it's like they're Luke. I am your father. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. was, yeah. That now I know now I know how the actually now I understand it. Like the emotional gut punch, like all the. Um, the emotional gut punch and the, you know, just the feeling of like, where do we go from here? And, you know, um, and I'm really glad that in the singer, um, Samuel got to say his catchphrase. What's that? Which is basically his, like, Nick Fury, he almost said it, you know? Oh, yeah. Almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, he flaked out just before it went from, just before it left PG-13 land, yeah. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, I think it's like he's contractually obligated to say his catchphrase in every movie, even <laughs> like, even in the PG-13. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, almost. It's actually his second middle name. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Ever I mean, since, seen- at least ever since Pulp Fiction anyway, yes. <laughs> yep, yep. That's kind. Of, that kind. Of, that character has just sort of become who he is. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's true because in um, Captain America two, um, he he was on his gravestone was the Bible verse that was quoted in Pulp Fiction, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Oh yep. my gosh, I didn't pick up that. That's, that's great. Awesome. Now you have to. I, I have to double check, but I think that's the Bible verse he quoted in Pulp Fiction. Now, Nick Fury's that's awesome. Now I want to um get get back to Thanos just a little bit, mm-hmm. and he his his whole attitude, his whole attitude is I know I'm the guy with the solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. He is essentially he's in 
he's he's and somebody else another podcast that i listened to pointed this out um the steve day show actually pointed this one out uh, and he's 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 the elitist bureaucrat he's the he's the guy who's who sits behind a desk somewhere and it's like don't worry i've got the solutions that will make everybody's lives better just give me all the power that i need to do what i need to do and you you got you guys will thank me it'll be it'll be great it'll be great and you know don't worry i can make the hard decisions yeah i got who does that remind us of Uh, well you know like every like almost every every politician ever yeah (laughs) Um, have you guys read any of uh brandon sanderson's books he's a science fiction writer no nope um Okay, so he's a great guy. I recommend any of his stuff. Um, and uh, so in one of the stories, like, the, the world is ending. The world is legitimately ending, and they're trying to stop it, that, that trope. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the characters that um, is probably the most moral and one of the moral centers of the story becomes king and he kind of as he slowly over the course of several books um, grows into that role realizes that you know as much as he actually wants democracy and he wants uh, freedom and equality the world is ending and he needs to uh, be a dictator for a time to, to save it um, it's very interesting. I don't think many authors could pull it, pull it off and do it in a moral way. Um, but Sanderson, like an actual dictator that doesn't turn into Hitler. Um, this guy's kind of like Abraham Lincoln, almost a little bit, uh, who had his own dictatorish moments too. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I did not know that. The point being is, I can see why, given Thanos's backstory, why he would think this way, given. Mm-hmm the destruction, him surviving the destruction of his world. Um, I can understand how that would shape someone to think in, in that way. And to be like, all right, I'm not putting up with any bullshit. I'm going to make a decision and take action. I guess that's why he's also mentally linked with Tony then too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're a- not that different. Yeah, Tony. Tony thought that way at the beginning of the series, though. He slowly has been changing and growing up and maturing. Yes, out of that. yes he has. Yeah, and actually, Tony has undergone a lot of growth. You especially do begin to see, actually, really in this movie, because he was still sort of infantile. Man, you know what? Uh, Civil War. Civil War is when you really begin yeah. to see it. When he actually starts to realize, you know. Not everything I do is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. He actually starts to question himself and think that he does need to be reined in just a little bit for probably the first time in his entire life. Yeah. He is actually questioning himself. Mm-hmm. No, which like I think it's interesting. And it's also interesting that it's an, that that was another uh, Russo Brothers movie. Yeah. Um uh, I, I Another person I follow on Twitter, she pointed out that all of the Russo brother movies, they're all actually high, they involve a lot of political themes that are relevant to whatever's going on when the, you know, when the movie comes out or just society culturally in general, because there's nothing unique 
about the present time when Infinity War comes out, but it's mm -hmm. a topic sure. that has been a topic ever since Malthus. So, mm -hmm. uh, but they also don't tell you what to think about it. They throw it. They and throw it out like as a question. They throw it out as a question. Here are some facts. Here are the sides. You guys debate, and I, I. That was a really great point. It's also worth noting that Winter Soldier, Civil War, and now Infinity War are amongst the best of the Marvel movies. They're political without being heavy-handed or yes, forced. Exactly. They're not telling you what to think. And so, I think that is a huge strength of these films. So do you I think will... that they're going to um, kind of address, like, do you think they're going to drive home, have the balls to drive home this whole, you know, Sanger population control message? Or do you think that they're going to back off from that? Nope. They will. I don't know. I don't know how directly they're going to confront it. I mean, obviously they're going to, they they have to they are confronting it in the sense that Thanos is the bad guy. All the good guys are fighting him, so they are confronting it in that way. But are they going to directly? Is somebody gonna directly call Thanos on his BS? Eh, maybe maybe not. We'll see. I'll be curious. Tony would be the one to do it though. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I could see Tony doing it because like um, but um. I never noticed that, like, um, the political... I mean, I know that the Russo brothers did have, like, political themes in their movies, but I never knew that it was, like, intentional or not. And and I'm glad that they aren't, like, um, pushing any particular political agenda, just making people, you know, think and debate and question things and not, like... And in a civil way. Civil. I like that. I know. As I mean, I was always team Captain. <laughs> I kind of understood where Iron Man was coming from, even though he was going about it the wrong way, especially with Scarlet Witch, because like she's a teenager. You're not going to put her on. She's. You have. If you're going to put her on house arrest, you have to at least tell her. <laughs> teenager? I thought she was at least like 22 or something. Yeah. Um, well, now, like young. now, one other thing that I think Thanos deserves to be called on is, you know, after he chooses to kill Gamora, he spends the rest of the movie moping around, going, you don't know what I've lost today. I've lost more than you can know. Oh, that's um, exactly what psychopaths do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, Dick, you're yeah. literally trying to kill half my planet. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I stand to lose a heck of a lot more than you did, pal. Yeah. <laughs> any any retail worker can tell you that's that's how people are. Yeah. Really? Like yes. what do you like what do you mean by that? That's yeah. a whole please explain. Topic. I understand what you I, I think I understand you, but please explain for the audience that's never worked retail. Yeah. Um just people get so focused on what they want and um, and assume that they have a right to it um, so like I know of, I know of people that they were handing out food to like let people sample stuff and um, 
and customers would complain because they're taking too long to cook it. Um, and, oh, wow. uh, you know, oh, you only gave me this much. I, I want this much, you know, it's like, it's not a restaurant. It's a sample to let you taste it. You, you have, you don't have a human right to this sample. It's like <laughs> a free gift thing. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, anyone that works in retail will see, uh, you'll see good people and, um, and really awesome acts of charity, but you'll also see some very smart, intelligent, and otherwise like mature people. You know, act like the most entitled millennial on the sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, the it's the nature of dealing with the public anywhere, and, and when you're dealing with the public, um, either as a you know in, in local government or in retail or service um, you're going to meet all kinds of people and that means you're going to meet some really great people but also means you're going to meet some really bad ones Good yes grief. indeed but yeah th that was something that was bothering me throughout the whole movie it was like um thanos you're you know just shut up stop stop yeah. whining yeah yeah you lost a lot pal you I you, think you, you chose to lose it that was your choice insane. you're literally making choices for the rest of the universe. So mm -hmm. you just slow your roll, you arrogant prick. And then I would duck and hope that Thor's right there to hit him with a with an axe. Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt reading the Annihilation book. So it was really refreshing to see to see that. Just so dang pretentious. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly that's how it, if you like want to talk pretentious, try reading try being in Lestat's head. That like he, I won't compare him to Thanos, but like he's the that's another discussion. Yeah. Anyway, getting um, into Anne Rice whole nother ball of wax. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I I wish that Rocket could say to Thanos what he said in Guardians of the Galaxy: "Everyone's got dead people." Yeah. Yeah. And as of now, like you are the cause of half of it, and you made your bed, you lie in it. Mm-hmm. No, so no. who do we have surviving? We've got Rocket and uh, Thor, Hulk, mm -hmm. Iron Man, uh, Shuri, Tall Guy, Soye. Tall Guy. Hawk I was gonna say Hawkeye because like Hawkeye. he was too busy playing tag. Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye, we think. Uh, far as we know, Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm -hmm. Um. Did you guys mention Banner? interesting do you know if that's supposed to be before or after it's going to be before yep that's before. it's going to be before because it takes place after civil war which i think is a bit out of order because like you know if you're i it, it has to connect to infinity war somehow otherwise it won't really no, matter we'll, we'll just have a clip at the end of one of the characters evaporating that's uh -huh. that's it uh, but that, that's the point it's like I don't know why, like, I think I figured out why I didn't connect to Doctor Strange when I watched the movie, because I didn't like his character, his attitude. Because he was but Iron Man, Man it's in it. <laughs> well, well, that, it, well, yeah, that. And also because, like, I don't feel like he really learned his lesson at the by the end of the movie. He just went with whatever. He just said, okay, I'm. this is what I'm in now. I just got to go with it, because... I'm not gonna get my life back, so might as well go with this. No, he could have gotten his life back, but he didn't. All right, that's another story. But all right, I I disagree. Go on. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, I'm just trying to figure out in my head why I didn't connect with Doctor Strange and why I didn't connect with Ant-Man the way that I did with Black Panther and Spider-Man. Like, I understand all the main Avengers, like, you know, they're as an ensemble at this point, but every, what I call solo movie up to this point, it's been either I love them or I just barely, or I'm just kind of indifferent. And the ones that I love are Spider-Man and Black Panther, whereas I'm so kind of how, indifferent how towards you, Doctor Strange. Did you feel indifferent towards Doctor Strange in this movie? He was better in this movie. Hmm. He was better. Like, I, 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 uh, I was actually scared like for him. And, hmm? Actually, I have the opposite feeling. I felt like he was uh, more rounded and deep in the in his standalone movie, and a little more flat, and just kind of there in this movie. I don't know. I think it's just maybe a matter of writing, I guess. Well, it's it's also a matter of you know in this movie, there's only so many there's only so many people to go around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he was... and Iron Man had a lot of screen time together. I, that was great. That was great. That was one of the one of the better things. But mm. I Question, think by guys, the way, what, about Tony. Uh huh. What? Hello. Yeah. Um, question about Tony, like his father figure relationship to Peter Parker, like that's one thing they definitely can, got right. But like, what do you think of Tony as like a father figure for Peter? You think he's the right? I mean, obviously he's the He's someone that Peter likes and aspires to be like, but do you think he he makes a good father figure for Peter? I you know I have to confess I haven't seen Homecoming yet. I can't. Okay. I'm not equipped to judge. That's all right. Um, I don't really get a father figure vibe from Tony. I get that Tony sees him as a son and is starting to to embrace that, but the way that uh, Peter talks to Tony, I feel more like. Like to him, Tony is just this really cool guy, uh, maybe mentor, but more like like a boss that you like, mm. you know? or a teacher. Yeah, it's like, more like a teacher than a father. I don't think, I think that's fair. Quite I think Peter sees Tony as his idol for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, hey, ladies, it is uh, it is getting late over here, and. I am, and I think, uh, I, unless you guys have any thoughts, final thoughts that you want to share on Infinity War. Um, Come back, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I, I, I fully, I have full confidence that Peter and almost everyone else will come back. Actually, let's, let's wrap, let's wrap it up that way. Monique, who's, who's not dead? Uh, what I can uh, no no what? who's no actually no, let me let me ask a different question who is really dead who's gonna stay dead okay Nobody. by the next movie I, I'm thinking Captain America will be permanently dead in the next movie no 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 who's really dead from this movie oh God I... <laughs> yep see. Yeah, they're all going to come back. I think that is very that possible. Is gonna, that's a hard question. And I think I don't. I well, honestly I, don't I, know. I'm not even. 
I'm not even certain that Loki is going to stay dead. Yeah, exactly. No, they're not going to let Loki die. Oh my gosh. The actor himself would come on stage. No, see, I I disagree. I think if anyone is going to stay dead, I think it's Loki. Oh. Why do I think that? I think because his character arc is done. That's true. There's nothing else to do with this character that we haven't already seen. Yeah. It's like, what is he going to do? Is he going to double cross Thor again? Yeah. Like we haven't seen that. Really time. And they the gave him, him, they gave him a good guy death. They did. They did. They gave him That's, an honorable death. They, they, they get, they, they offed him in a really good way. And also it's before, um, it's before Thanos actually fully loads the infinity gauntlet and everything. So mm -hmm. my personal thought is, or even not, not Thor. I think Loki and maybe the rest of the Asgardians will also stay dead mm. for the simple re and well, you know the they made a point of killing. Also. They made a point of killing uh, uh, of Heimdall as well because, and I think he's going to stay dead for this reason. They're probably tired of trying to figure out ways to wedge in an Idris Elba ca cameo. Uh. Those are probably expensive cameos. They probably are. Um, so I have a question. I I think that we never got into why Hulk wouldn't fight against Thanos. Because he was afraid Hulk, of him. I think Hulk agrees with Thanos. I don't think he does. Oh no. I think Hulk. I don't think. I think the whole Earth doesn't like me. The universe doesn't like me. So I'm not going to fight for it. That's a I good think theory. Hulk is I just like scared it. of Thanos. no, I think Hulk is just scared of Thanos in general because like. You know, with the fight or flight instinct, he's not going to think beyond like. I don't think he would think on the levels of Thanos of like, or, or agree with Thanos. But he's just scared of Thanos from mere fight or flight instinct. He's, he's, you know, capable of killing me, so I don't want to fight him. Yeah, I think I think, Alyssa, I actually like. I really like your theory. Actually, I, I part of me hopes it's true. <laughs> I really do, because oh. I think that would be so interesting if they were to do that with the Hulk's character. Because Hulk is—I've never been a huge Hulk fan because there's only so much you can do with this character. Yeah. Um. But gosh, that would be interesting. Although I agree, but I agree with Monique. I agree with Monique that he's never—he's never fought anyone who just th so thoroughly trashed him. I mean, Th Thor, you know, Thor and he go, you know, they go at it and they go at it pretty hard, yeah. but no one has just taken everything the Hulk had to, had to dish out and then come back like it was nothing. That's never happened. I think, I think Hulk didn't think it was possible. He's afraid. But like I said, Alyssa, I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right. It's either going to make him afraid of him or it's going to make him like him. That could also be, and it is worth noting that in all of the in a lot of the interviews and everything before the movie came out, they were talking about how when Hulk first meets Thanos, he respects him, mm -hmm. he respects his strength. Mm -hmm. So that is a possible indicator that you're right. We'll I'm see. Also, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And like I said, I hope you're right because I think that's a more interesting story. We'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see. Okay, what, um, what are your last thoughts? I want uh, the so it's still the core people that 
this core superheroes that were in the first Avengers movie that are alive. Uh, but I do want Rocket and Shuri to team up with them, uh, as well as Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Mm, I want to see how they interact with Captain Marvel, that's for sure. That's going to be extremely interesting. I think Rocket's going to grow a lot from this storyline. I'm sad the other Guardians are all dead, but if anyone was going to grow from this experience the most, it was going to be Rocket. Mm-hmm. I think that also love, is going to be extremely interesting. He's going to... I want him... If the Guardian, if when the Guardians come back in the Infinity War, I want Rocket to just hug them and just like cry openly, which I feel would be like after everything and he just would want and he'll let mantis pet him yeah true and i would like him to meet some raccoons actual raccoon oh <laughs> that would be awesome i want I the guardians to come to yes that needs I to want happen the guardians to come to Earth. oh my god i really want the guardians to actually if if they like somehow manage to get everyone back i want them all to end up on earth and the guard which means that the guardians will be on earth for like the first time all together yeah and that'll be peter quill's first time back on earth since he was a kid oh. yeah. but, man so i want much, that so much Here, drama. final thoughts so from much you drama. okay yeah all right i think uh, thank you both for coming on i we definitely had one heck of a uh, wide-ranging discussion that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so Thank again, um, really... before before we sign off, where can people find uh, you two at? Where can people find uh, Catholic Reads at? So they can find Catholic Reads at catholicreads.com. We also have Catholic Reads podcast where we talk about Catholic literature and themes and interview Catholic authors. Uh, you can find me at arkwatson.com um, and see my artwork there. And Monique, where can they find you? Um, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Miss Ocampo Writes, M-S-O-C-A-M-P-O-W-R-I-T-E-S. I also have a blog slash website, MoniqueOcampoWrites.com, same spelling. Um, and that's about, and I also write for Catholic Reads, so you can find, there's a tag for M.S. Ocampo there for my book reviews. Um, that's about it. Okay. Okay, and uh, you can find me at Gingerman Editorial on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is Fighting the Void on YouTube and also SoundCloud and iTunes. And also you can find me on Catholic Reads as well from time to time. And one last thing before we sign off, uh, there is a brief announcement I need to make about the future of this particular podcast, and that is going forward I will be having a co-host on the show on a regular basis. And for those who are interested, that is uh, Crystal on Twitter. That's at, let's see, I have to. Oh, so that's the one who keeps liking your tweets. Yes, yes. Yeah, we actually have, we decided we had so many ideas between the two of us that she just needed to be a co-host. So, and you can find Crystal at K-R-Y-S-T-L-E and three capital I's. On the mm -hmm. Twitters. So henceforth, uh, we will be co-hosting this podcast. And the first episode will be not this coming, but the next weekend when we are currently planning on talking about potential supernatural spinoffs, what they've thought of, what maybe they haven't thought of, and do they even need one? Mm. <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, I, I messaged you about the 
stuff they're picking up next time. I'll message you. Bye, guys. Bye. On that note, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, keep fighting the good fight.